The content in this program is for informational purposes only. You should not construe any information or other material as investment, financial, tax, or other advice. The views expressed by the participants are solely their own. A participant may have taken or recommended any investment position discussed, but may close such position or alter its recommendation at any time without notice. Nothing contained in this program constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, endorsement, or offer to buy or sell any securities or other financial instruments in any jurisdiction. Please consult your own investment or financial advisor for advice related to all investment decisions. Don't forget to follow at Lead Lag Report on Twitter to join these conversations live. And check out the Lead Lag Report at www.leadlagreport.com. Use promo code PODCAST30 for two weeks free and 30% off to get access to award-winning research and anticipate stock market crashes, corrections, and bear markets. And now, on to our Lead Lag Live discussion, hosted by Michael Guyot. Again, I'm trying to do these impromptu conversations with people I've done spaces with before and make it more visual because I like to see people's faces. So I'm glad to finally see Ashraf in this kind of format. We talked a while ago, Ashraf, a lot's happened to the marketplace. I know you're focused on intermarket analysis and currencies and metals and yields. Just before we went live, you were talking about the Bank of Japan. Now, I happen to be been writing about the Nikkei's movement, saying that no matter what the stock market does there, I don't think that's enough to save and beyond just the FOMO of the moment. But Lay out just what's going on with Japan in terms of their own stock market, their currency, and some fall. Yeah, very good. Michael, first of all, congratulations on what you're doing. You are producing these chats like a powerhouse, and they're all power to you. And the idea of Open Impulse 2 is good. We've got a lot to talk about. This is a pivotal date, not only because it's, it's the last day of the month, the last day of the quarter. And where is that rebalancing that people talked about? Is it going to happen? But it's more than that. Right. So this is a very busy chart. So I'm going to try to simplify it and I'll explain what it is. And why does it matter for guys who are relying on bond yields to finally go down or those who are worried about bond yields breaking out? Those who are along gold position at, you know, 2000 and they are, they, they were that it's going to go to, you know, 1870. So I'm going to look at this and this is basically why does the Bank of Japan matter? And it's just people say, well, we know why it matters because the Bank of Japan is the only central bank that is easing, that is in some sort of a quasi, you know, that is doing yield curve control, that it basically includes QE. And if they, and if they stop it or they will leave it or gradually phase it out, like hinting at, which might take a month, then people are saying that the JGB yields, Japanese bond yields are going to go are going to rally and, and for those who have been, you know, in the market less than 10 years or 15 years, you know, short term interest rates by the back of Japan have been below 1% since I believe 1997. And when I finished my class in central banking and currencies and central bankings, when I was doing my, uh, my masters, it was a class that I took in end of 1994. And the teacher was telling us, how the Bank of Japan 
interest rates are about to fall below 1%. And we all know that they went, they, they, they were the first one to start a QE and they started QE, I believe, in 2003 or four. But ever since then, and, and they have a problem with this inflation and so on and so forth. Now, so people are saying that, yes, the stock market is at a 33-year high in Japan and inflation is finally getting up getting back up. And this is the time for them to gradually stop the practice of YC, which is removing the cap on bond yields. And people are, are saying that if they do that, then bond yields are going to soar and soar and so forth. But and as long as they continue to do the YC, because it's the only you know guy in the block that is doing easy, obviously the Japanese yen is falling. That means all the currencies are pushing up against the yen, which was the trade to do last year. So my job is what do I do? I have clients that I'm trading for me and I have, you know, a WhatsApp service with people who are going in all sort of leveraged yen positions. There are, you know, some people have been shorting dollar yen at 138, 134, and they're down like six pips. And and what the hell do we do? And Ashraf, are you moving the goalposts? And it, it is about, are we moving the goalposts? It has been a crazy time of moving the goalposts, whether... People have been telling you the 10-year yield is going to stop at 355. And now they said, oh, yeah, it's 375 then is the big one. And oh, it's 385 is the ultimate one. And then I moved the goalposts and I said, no, don't look at bond yields. Look at the bond price. Look at the bond price. Uh, or, look at the, or look at the yield on the 10-year German bond yield, which has not broken up. Then I'll change the goalposts and I tell you, no, 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 look at the 30-year. And I know very well there's some people, very smart people who are listening. They said, Ashraf, you're getting your yields mixed up. The two-year yield is about what we think is going to happen in the next, you know, the short-term interest rate, what the Fed is going to do, while the 10-year is about the economy and so on. Yes, we know. So I'm going to get to a comprehensive yield chart in a bit. But before, let me just do that. So for those of you who play FX, this is going to make sense to you. And so let's start with this. So this is the Japanese yen. This is the trade-weighted index, okay, by the Bank of Japan. It's the yen just against the dollar. It's not the yen against Australia. It's the yen. It's more or less like the DXY or the Federal Reserve Dollar Index. And I'm going to try to explain this here. So look at this. So again, so the first, so basically when this thing goes down, the yen is going down against a, a basket of currencies. So just to give you an idea, the intervention started last year, right? So for those of you just to get an appreciation, so summer 2022, the Federal Reserve was raising rates again, buster, 75 basis point became the new black, you know, and the gold was tanking, the dollar was rallying and NASDAQ and everything was on the chin and NVIDIA was even, you know, and no AI, it was IA. It was far, be- it was far before that fateful, famous November when everything you touch went up. So this was the summer. It was a very hard, long, hard And gold was tanking and the dollar was rallying and the yen, which has a very high correlation with gold, it's falling. Now, and then it becomes, obviously the dollar yen was nearing the key level, which is 147, first time since summer 1998 and so on and so forth. So, but, so all of this background noise is for you guys to appreciate. For us is, what do we do? Do we just sit here and sit? Oops. So let's just go to this because there's something very interesting. And, and listen, guys, I'm going to make things easier for you because when I speak about things, I tend to be detail oriented, but I'm going to give you the summary of what I'm going to say before I say it all. Okay. 
because many of you have a lot of things, better things to do on a Friday afternoon or Friday evening or Friday morning. So I'll give you the summary and then I'll tell you why I'm thinking that. Basically, I think, number one, the Bank of Japan will have to intervene, okay? They will have to intervene. Whether they're going to intervene at 150 or 148 dollar yen or 149. And I will tell you why you and you who are trading bonds and you who is holding NVIDIA and those of you who care about bonds, why you need to listen to this. And I think they will need to intervene, but no, not right now. They will start with verbal intervention because there are two big events. There are two big events. The first event that matters to them before I talk about the Federal Reserve decision, which is July 26, 14 days before that, meaning two Wednesdays before that, we've got the CPI. And the CPI is July the 12th. The Bank of Japan, like I tweeted yesterday, they are the masters in looking at the weather and surveying the weather conditions before they go in, before they risk being a deer in a headlight. They don't want to buy the yen and sell the dollar two days before the bank before the Federal Reserve is going to go back to raising rates. So here's what's going to happen. I think they're going to do verbal intervention probably next week. And again, I know there is, a, there is something in Japan that usually comes out on July the 4th holiday, and it's called the Tankan Survey. It's one of the biggest comprehensive surveys, the quarterly surveys from Japan. And it comes in around when the U.S. is asleep. And that tends to move the yen and the market. So they're going to look at that. They're probably going to verbally intervene. And then we're going to get close to the following. So not this coming week. So not next week, the following week. That's when I think there's going to be some sort of chances of a real intervention around the CPI of July the 12th. If July 12th CPI is going to be relatively weak and neutral because today core PCE, well, it had a little bit of everything for everyone. The year on year came in down a little bit. So that's what helped gold today and what helped dollar yen dollars. But they could probably intervene. But for those of you who remember what happened, yes, last, so here is the chart. The first vertical, so there are two white vertical lines. The first vertical line, it, it was on, on June 10th when they verbally intervened. Okay, so and why? Because the yen was falling. And the second line VI is also verbal intervention. That's when they intervened. So basically, do you see this, Michael? They intervened and the yen went up, but it was verbally. Then it came down, down, blah, 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 June, July, August, the yen went up. And then they intervened again, it went up. And then we have this light fuchsia or green or light blue line here, which is a CPI. And that CPI of September 13th came in stronger than expected. So these guys are smart. They were not going to go and spend money and have a real intervention before risking, before the CPI was going to come. They knew the CPI is coming September 13th. Like I am telling you, they know that next CPI is coming in on July the 12th. So they're not going to commit. So, so this is what happened. The, so the yen went down, it went back up, blah, blah, blah. So, and here is what we have. So this, the blue line, this blue line is the first real intervention. Okay. And it happened on September 22nd. Does that ring a bell to you, Michael Gayet? September 22nd is one day after September 21st, which is the Federal Reserve decision. The Federal Reserve raised rates by 75 basis points on September 21st. Dollar yen went up. Bond yield went up. Now, I'm going to show you the other charts. Now that you've gotten your eyes used to this chart and these lines, I'm going to add other markets. 
So here is what's happening. So, so this is when they had the real intervention. Sorry, in the dark blue. This is, the yellow is gold. The green is dollar yen. And the, the red is 10-year yield. Okay, again, look, guys. So let's start with the yield. So the Fed raised by 75. Dollar yen went up. Yields went up. They intervened. It was a testing the water intervention. Testing the water. But but the yield went up. And here's a dollar yen. So again, the blue line is the first realtor. Then later on, we had the second seat of what? Of October. And there was a stroke. The second CPI. And you see these two? These are the second and third interventions. And these interventions happen. And now, just for you to appreciate this, Dolly, so th- then it was October. I-, I was in Dubai. I remember very well. And so, and the second one was October the 20, it was a Friday. It was October 21st. It was a sleepy Friday. It was 4.30 p.m. London time, minus five. So it was 11.30 a.m. New York time on a Friday when they intervened. And look, guys, what the market did. The market was already falling. It was already falling and it never looked up. Why is this a game changer? Why this could be a game changer for you guys who are, you know, wanting to put in the yield in the discount model or wanting to know whether 10-year yield and so on and so forth, or guys who are trading gold. Why does this matter? Because look, now that you've appreciated the dollar yen went up and then it came down and it had a false decline and it wasn't put to bed only after the third dimension, which is here. Look what gold did. And look what yields did. And look what dollar yet. And yield. yeah, I mean, I had an S&P there, but so here's. So this is the traded weighted index of the Japanese yen. As you can see, after the second blue vertical line, the yen went up and he said, no mas. So let's forget about this. But what about gold? What about gold? And this is something that I do called intermarket metal analysis. So one of the reasons, so gold was in the middle of a bottoming process. Rings a bell? It could be now. It could be now. Was in the bottoming process, but guess what? Silver had already bottomed before. Copper had already bottomed before. Platinum had already bottomed before. And gold is the last of them all because he's the last one to get the memo because he's the one that is more volatile. He's more attuned to speculative attacks and so on. But look at this. Again, after the last intervention, gold reached a bottom. It did try to go down, but it was a lower high, a higher low. And look at the yen. We saw this. But look at the 10 years where you guys, non-Forex guys, come in. And the yield. So again, you see this line? There are two blue lines. The second on the right is the big intervention. And some people are said, why on earth would the 10-year yield on the bond of the federal of the U.S. government go down when the Bank of Japan intervenes. Some people are saying, is it, is it supposed to be the other way around? You know, because, you know, it's the carry trade, but that's the way it works. And guess what? And this, my friends, it is no surprise. Call it coincidence, call it whatever you call it. But the last big intervention, the Bank of Japan, could with the high yield. So whether you're a fixed income manager whether you're trading bonds on Robinhood 
whether you are trading, I don't know what options on fixed income, or you are putting all your grandmother's money on the TLT, you need to understand this. I will give you chances to uh, to ask because if you don't ask, you will never speak again. You will tell us. I know. No, but I'm in agreement, by the way, with everything you said. And we're coming up on the top of the hour. But I will say that I think that the thesis is very interesting. I hadn't looked at it from, from the BOJ, but that does line up with other intermarket dynamics. Myself, I'm seeing that gold could break out, finally start that FOMO move. Volatility kicks in. The treasury side may have topped in yield despite ongoing zeros of inflation. I keep saying they're going to keep on inverting the ever-living shit out of the bond market. So... A lot of interesting dynamics. Asha, for those that are listening to this or watching us, aside from Twitter, where do they go to find more of your work? Yeah, it's ashrafleidy.com. I mean, if I were to give you, yeah, I mean, I'll be done by the way or what? No, no, we're still free. I mean, we've got a service. It's WhatsApp, a broadcasting service, both who are trading and who want to get like notes and messages and trades. And we always send the voice back in English after the Federal Reserve, after the core PCE, after the MI, and be careful of the accounts and everything. But if this is LID, this is my, this is my Twitter, and this is my website. I should like the archives going all the way to 2000 and appreciate that. Look at this. So this is the bold universe. So basically what you need to see is that, so this is futures of the bonds, but price. And you would work, you're only worried if basically already broken. Okay. This is inverted the head and shoulder and we're not. And this is the same thing with the, this is, yeah. So sorry, the R2. So, so this is the bulk futures for the bones. And you can see the inverted head and shoulder, the right shoulder is well supported. So it's still relatively not bearish. And this, and the equivalent of the U.S. bond futures is also respecting the green, the, the right shoulder. And then you can see the blue is the 30-year yield in the U.S. And you can say that the danger thing, which is 4%, are we not breaking it, okay? And then you have the 10-year yield, which today, just when everybody thought they were going to break out, it came back down below 3.85. So you need to look at, it's not moving the goalposts, it's also looking at this. So this is the German 10-year yield. Does this look like to you? But that has broken. Does it look that? No, it doesn't look like a right shoulder. Has it broken? No. So the formation is still intact. All right. Now, and so going back to the BOJ, and this is the 10 year yield in a way. So you can say it's broke, it didn't break. So basically, the master plan here, and I didn't even talk about gold because we have to wrap up and so on and so forth. But the plan is that do not rush into making rash decisions and conclusions about the bank until we get close to the CPI, which is July 12. From here then on, I think we could go easily towards 146, 147. But the Bank of Japan, they could surprise you easily. And once they do that, it will be a very good example for gold to come in and to reach that bottom. Uh, this is the Australian dollar. It is respecting this horizontal level here. And I would like to wrap this up. I'm sure you brought a lot of gold box and I'm sure you brought a lot of gold experts, but there is, I bet what I'm going to end with that somebody has never said this, which is what? Let me go to the JPEG, a chart that I showed that I did actually yesterday end with this. And this is about gold performance. Very interesting. So it is important. It is actually starting to be an edge. Yeah, this is, okay. This is 
Yeah, this is too small. Basically, here is what we're saying. Guys, we're saying that goal, each time it ended a quarter, it ended the second quarter lower, but still higher than the open of the year, okay? It would end up to go higher in the, for the rest of the year, okay? So this year, the second quarter is lower than the end of the first quarter, but we're still up on the year. And each time gold did that, it went up. It may have a difficult third quarter, but it continued to push. So, yeah, and I want I want to leave on that clip here because I have to agree with you, and I want to get do this again over the next few weeks. Want to see what DOJ does. So, everybody, please make sure you follow Ashraf again. I'm trying to do these impromptu conversations live only, so it's got all kinds of interesting dynamics when it's live. But appreciate those that are joining, and this will be replay as you can see on my Twitter account as well as YouTube and everything else. Thank you, Ashraf. The content in this program is for informational purposes only. You should not construe any information or other material as investment, financial, tax, or other advice. The views expressed by the participants are solely their own. A participant may have taken or recommended any investment position discussed, but may close such position or alter its recommendation at any time without notice. Nothing contained in this program constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, endorsement, or offer to buy or sell any securities or other financial instruments in any jurisdiction. Please consult your own investment or financial advisor for advice related to all investment decisions. Don't forget to follow at Leadlag Report on X, Instagram, Threads, and YouTube, and check out the Leadlag Report at www.leadlagreport.com. Use promo code PODCAST30 for two weeks free and 30% off to get access to award-winning research and anticipate stock market crashes, corrections, and bear markets.